A person who was Tommy and submerged himself in a mikveh, a collection of natural rainwater that purifies him. Although for the most part his impurity leaves him, there remains with him a small level of impurity until nightfall that makes him almost identical to something or somebody who is on the level of a Shainila Tumar, two levels lower than a primary Avhatumar level of impurity. And this is really the only time that a person can be mid a a Shainila Tumar. In general, the lowest level of impurity that applies to a person is a Rishila Tumar. But over here, where he began on a level of Tumar that was high enough, and now he's been to the mikveh, and the point is that it remains with him just a small amount of the impurity that he had until now. Be it as it may, the Mishnah says that Mashke Tvulyoim, the liquids that come out of a Tvulyoim's body, for example, his urine, or his tears, or if it's a woman, the milk that comes out of her body. Midoraisa, this is not considered to be Tome at all. The only thing that a Tvulyoim can make Tome is Truma, or the meat of Carbonis, that would become a Shlishi Latuma. But anything else, like these liquids, would not be Tome. However, the Mishnah says that Midorabonon Kamashken Shunagerbohen. We consider those liquids to be on the same level as liquids that are truma that a tavulyoim touches. Which means that these liquids that exit the person's body, although obviously that is not truma, they would become a shlishila tuma. And the Mishnah says, both these liquids, meaning the liquids that come out of the tavulyoim's body, and these liquids, that's referring to truma liquids that a tavulyoim touched, both of them do not have the ability to make something else tome, because like we mentioned, they are on the level of a shalishila tumah, and there's nothing really that can become tome from a shalishila tumah except for the meat of carbonis. Now, the Mishnah implies that these liquids do not make anything else tome, even the meat of carbonis. But the truth is, there are two different terms that come up, especially in this Masechta, with regards to something that is a shalishila tumah. One is the word tome when something is impure, and something that is considered that is tome always has the ability to make something else tome as well. So for example, even if something is just a shady tuma, it would be considered tome because it can make truma impure as well. There is a second term which is possible, which literally means it's invalid, and this refers to something that itself is tome, but it does not have the ability to make something else impure as well. Now, most truma that becomes tome on a level of a shlishila tuma is considered to be tome, not possible, but tome, because it has the ability to make the meat of carbonis impure on the level of a revila tuma. So not only is the truma itself a shlishila tuma, but it also has the ability to make something else tome, and therefore the term tome is accurate. However, we mentioned at the beginning of the Masechta that one of the leniencies that applies to a Tvulyoim, because of the fact that it has such a, the person has such a low level of impurity, is that although Truma that touches it will become Tome as a Shilishila Tuma, that Truma will not have the ability to transfer that impurity onwards to the meat of Carbonis that it touches. And because of that, the Mishnah will always refer to the Truma as being possible which means that it itself is impure, but it does not have the ability to make something else impure, even if that other item is the meat of carbonis that can usually become tome from a shlishila Now, the language that this Mishnah uses is that these liquids that became tome from the tvulyoim and are on the level of a shlishila cannot make anything else tome. 
The implication, however, is that it can make something else possible. It can make the meat of carbonis that it touches impure itself. And this indeed is the opinion of this Mishnah, and this goes against that which we mentioned until now. According to the opinion of this Mishnah, a item that becomes a liquid or a trauma that becomes Tomei from a Tvulyoim is considered to be like a regular Shlishle Tuma that does have the ability to even make carbonize that it touches impure on the level of a Reveal Tuma. Now, another leniency that applies to a Tavulyon's impurity, because of the fact that it's such a small amount of impurity that, it, that the person has, is with regards to the rabbinic decree that any liquid that touches something that is Tomei becomes Tomei on the level of a Rishon Latuma, one level lower than a primary Avhatuma level of impurity. And this is true even if the liquid touches a Sheni Latuma, for example. Even then, the liquid would become Tomei, as if the liquid is a Rishon Latoma. However, this does not apply to something that becomes Tomei from a Tavulyoim. So the Rishon says, All other sources of impurity, Ben Kalin, Ben Chamorin, whether it is a more lenient source of impurity, like a Sheretz, which is one of the small animals that the Torah lists as being a source of impurity when it is dead, or if it's a stringent source of impurity, for example, a Zov, uh, Zov is able to transfer his impurity via many different ways, and that's why it's considered to be a more stringent type of impurity, even though both a Sheretz and a Zov are on the same level, they're both an Avhatoma. Be it as it may, Hamashkan Mehen, liquid that comes out of their bodies, is also Kamashkan Shunagea like the like any liquid that the Zov or the Sheretz touches. They are both considered, both, both of those liquids are considered to be a Rishon Latuma. The Mishnah ends off, except for liquids that come out of their body, more specifically the Zov's body, that could be on the level of an Avatuma. There are certain liquids like the urine or the saliva that's considered to be a form of water and is therefore one of the seven liquids that can be a proper source of impurity. And in this case, the urine or the saliva that comes out of a Zov's body would be an Avhatuma itself, just like the Zov. A pot that is filled with a liquid, the Nogabit Vulyoim, and a Tvulyoim touched the liquid that is inside of the pot. If the liquid was a Truma liquid, for example, it was oil or wine, of truma, then hamashkin psulim, the liquid that the tvulyom touched, become invalid. That means that the liquid itself is impure, but it doesn't have the ability to make anything else impure. This goes according to the main opinion, not the opinion of the previous Mishnah, but rather over here we see that the item, the truma that became tommy from the tvulyom, does not have the ability to make anything else impure. Only it itself is a shilishi latuma. However, the pot remains pure because the liquid is a shilishila tuma, and that certainly does not have the ability to make a object, an item like a pot, impure. The If the liquid that was inside of the pot that the tvulyom touched, if that liquid was not sanctified at all, it wasn't truma, so regular liquid cannot become tome from a tvulyom. And therefore, hakol tohar, everything, both the liquid and the pot, would remain pure. Now, with Rabbonon, one's hands that he hasn't watched over, and it could be that they touched some less clean, more sweaty parts of his body. Midrabonon, those hands are considered to be on the level of a Sheni Latoma. This is an unusual, quite unique 
type of impurity that applies only to the person's hands. The person himself is considered to be pure, but his hands alone, Midrabonon, are considered to be Tomei. And the impurity that they have is on the level of a Shenilith Tomar. And the Mishnah says, says, if his hands were impure based on the fact that they weren't watched over and they could be not clean, Hakol Tomei, then everything would become Tomei. That is to say, even if the liquid that the person with these hands touched was Chulin, which means that it's not sanctified, it's not Truma liquid at all, Mijabonon, if a liquid touches something that is a Shani Tomar, it becomes Tomei on the level of a Rishon Tomar. The only liquid that this does not apply to is a liquid that became Tomei from a Tavul but over here, it's a regular shein um, tuma, even though it's midrabonon, and any liquid that touches it will become tome on the level of a rishon tuma. And not only that, but midrabonon, a item that touches the liquid that is a rishon tuma, also becomes tome. And again, this is unusual because midoraisa, a object, can only become tome from an avhatuma because the lowest level of impurity that applies to a object is a rishon tuma. So in general, if a Rishon Tumor touches a object, it will not make it Tomei. However, Midrabonon, a Rishon Tumor liquid that touches an object would make that object Tomei, because we're afraid that the liquid that is a Rishon Tumor might get confused with a liquid that is an Avha Tumor, such as the saliva or the urine that come out of a Zolv's body. And because of that, Midrabonon, even a liquid that is only a Rishon Tumor has the ability to make objects impure. And that's why the pot also would become impure. And the mission notes that this is a stringency that exists with regards to the impurity of one's non-clean hands more than with regards to the impurity that a Tavul has. Because like we said, because there's such a small level of impurity that remains with the Tavul so lots of these stringencies that they are, the, the Chachomim made, they did not apply to a Tavulyoim. There is a stringency the other way around that exists with a Tavulyoim more so than with regards to the impurity that one has on his hands. Because if there is a doubt with regards to whether somebody is a Tavulyoim or with regards to his impurity, and he possibly, a Tavulyoim possibly touched Truma, out of doubt, we would say that Paisalis had Truma. The truma is considered to be impure out of doubt, Vahayodayim, whereas if there is a doubt as to whether something became Tomei from a person's hands that are Tomei Midrabonon, Sveikon Tahar, out of doubt, we would rule the case as being pure. And the reason for this difference is pretty simple, because although the impurity of a Tavulyoy might be very light, at the end of the day, it's an impurity that is Midrabonon, the Torah recognizes this impurity. And the rule is that a doubt with regards to something that is midoraisa is ruled stringently, whereas a doubt with regards to something that is midrabonon is ruled leniently. And that's why with regards to the impurity of one's hands that is only midrabonon, so a doubt in that case would be lenient. Whereas a impurity with regards to a tavul yoim is midoraisa, and thus would be ruled stringently. The remaining Mishnahs of this pairing, this chapter, talk about the laws of Chibur when there are different items that are connected to each other and whether we consider it all to be like one individual entity, in which case as soon as one part of that mixture touches a source of impurity, we look at it as if all of that touched the source of impurity. Or do we view it as separate items, in which case only the part of the mixture that actually touched the source of impurity becomes Tommy from it? 
And if that impurity is on a high enough level, it might make the parts of the mixture that are next to it tommy as well on a lower level. But we don't view it as if the entire mixture touched the source of impurity. Hamikpa shall truma, a porridge which is made up of truma grain, vahashum vahashemen shal chulen, and there's garlic and oil of chulen. Chulen refers to food that is not sanctified. It's not truma, it can't become a shalishi latuma. The lowest level of impurity that applies to regular food is a sheni latuma. And we're discussing a case where the chulen part of the mixture, the garlic and the oil, is clearly identifiable in the mixture and it's not totally mixed in in a way that we wouldn't be able to identify and separate that part from the rest of the mixture. Shinagat Vulyoim Abitsasan and a Tvulyoim touched a part of that garlic or oil, the Mishnah says Posolus Kulom, he would invalidate and purify the entire porridge because the garlic and the oil is considered to be almost nullified, it's totally secondary to the rest of the porridge, and we look at this as a truma porridge, because that's what the main part of it, the grain, is made up of. What happens if the grain part of the porridge, which is considered to be the main part, is chulin? It's regular food that is not able to become tommy from a tevulyoim. And the garlic and the oil is truma. And a tevulyoim touched some of the garlic and the oil. The Mishnah says that in this case, the entire porridge as a whole we view as being chulin. So that certainly would not become tommy. But on the other hand, we do not view the truma as being totally secondary and nullified in the mixture to the extent that the truma that touched the tevulyoim wouldn't become tommy. And this is because the concept of nullification, where we view a minority part of a mixture as if it's not there, as if it's totally got the status of the majority of the mixture, that's only true if it's not identifiable within the mixture where that minority is. But over here, that the garlic and the oil is visible and discernible, we can see that it's over there. Because of that, it is not considered to be nullified by the rest of the mixture, and the truma itself still has that status of truma. So that itself could still become tommy from the tevulyoim, and but it's only the part of the garlic and the oil that the tevulyoim touched that would become tommy. We don't say that all of the truma part of the mixture is tommy, because at the end of the day, the mixture is considered to be a chulin porridge. As a whole, we look at it as chulin, just each individual truma part is still considered to be truma, so that which touches the tvulyoim would become tome. If the garlic and the oil was the majority of the mixture, in this last case where it's truma, the garlic and the oil, then we follow the majority, and if the majority of the entire porridge was actually made up of the garlic and the oil, which was truma, then a tevulyon that touches part of it would make the entire porridge tome. Because overall, the entire porridge as a whole, we now view as being a truma porridge. Omar Yehuda Imasai, Rabbi Yehuda clarifies, when exactly is this the case? Specifically when the garlic and the oil is... Like one piece, it's all clumped together as one. But if it was spread out and crushed with a pestle, something used for crushing, and all of this garlic and oil was spread across the porridge and mixed in, then tohar, even if the garlic made up the majority of the porridge, the porridge overall, if it was touched by a tevulyoim, would remain pure. 
because the person wants the garlic to be spread across the entire porridge, which means that we're no longer able to view it as being like one significant entity that would define the entire porridge, since it's spread across everything, so each part of it has less significance. And although the garlic, of course, remains truma, but the porridge overall we would define as being a chulin porridge, which means that only the part of the garlic that was actually touched by the tvulyoim would become tome as a shlishila tuma. So when the Mishnah says that it is pure, that refers to the porridge as a whole. But of course, the part of the truma garlic that was touched itself by the tvulyoim would become tome. All other food items or spices that are generally crushed together with a particular liquid, and they are usually held together, and they are in that liquid. If indeed that's what he did, he crushed it together with liquid, the law in that case would be the same as for garlic. So it depends if it was spread across the entire porridge or the entire mixture, or it was kept as one clump. In which case, if it's the majority, then we would consider all of it to be according to that status of truma. But something that is generally crushed together and held with in a liquid, but in this particular case, a person crushed it and it's not mixed with that liquid, then even if it is currently one clump and held together in the container, in the bowl, we view each of the pieces of that mixture, all of the spices as being like a fig cake, which is essentially lots of pressed figs that are stuck together, that although they're stuck together, we still view each part of it as being separate. And in the same way, if it is not mixed together by that liquid, so it lacks that unifying substance that considers it to be like one entity, we would consider it rather to be like lots of different pieces which means that only the piece that the Tvulium actually touches would become Tomei. If there is a Chulin porridge and a type of flat cake, a bit similar to a pancake, which they would serve on top of the porridge, and there was Truma oil floating on top of this porridge and pancake, this flat cake, and touched the truma oil. So the Mishnah says, only the oil becomes invalidated and impure as a shlishila tuma because that is truma oil. But the rest of the food will remain pure because that definitely is not nullified or secondary to the oil, and therefore it remains with its regular status of chulin, and that cannot become tome from a tvulyoim. However, if he began to mix together the oil with the food, then any part of the food where the oil goes becomes invalidated and you wouldn't be able to eat it because now it has some truma oil that is tome mixed with it and that needs to be burnt. It's forbidden to eat it and so technically you would not be able to eat any of the food without having to eat the tome truma, which means that you're not really able to eat any of that food either.